Nobody has a right to booze unless he earns the money. I don't want to be a law. You don't work, you don't drink. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it. Chris. There's a button and a switch for everything. You're listening to Aerial View, worldwide on the internet. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he sets him straight. Listen, this is strictly nowhere. You've got a lot of sick, old-fashioned ideas about working hard and living clean, and it's all a lot of junk. I'm too tired to listen. I mean, work is for suckers. Hey, it's me, Chris T. Welcome back to Aerial View on the houndnyc.com. You can join in here by calling 760 I call AV 760 422 5528. That number is in Palm Springs. Yes, my phone number is basking in the sunshine. 
I am not. On the other hand, today's program is Freelancer Future. Tomorrow will be one year since I lost my job. But I hate saying that. I hate saying lost in reference to a job. It sounds like you misplaced your job and no, that's not what happened. I didn't lose my job. My job ended. Um, what other euphemisms have they used when they've let people go? We're moving in a new direction. We um, want to explore some new options. All sorts of euphemisms. There's fired, as in the one that our president used to like to say all the time. Maybe I should stop saying our. But in the uh, in the last year, without a regular income, without a regular job, a regular place to go to every day, a regular thing to do, I've learned a lot. About myself, about my world, about the people I know. It's been a uh, it's been a learning experience. I hate that phrase too. I should start making a list phrases I don't like. And uh, with your help today, we'll dig a little further into this subject. I want to find out what your freelance life has been like. If you are a member of the gig economy, how's it going for you? When's the last time you had a real quote-unquote job, a regular job? like to hear that too. uh, 760-422-5528. Almost gave out the old aerial view number. That's how deeply ingrained it is. 760-422-5528. 760-422-5528 is the live line into the studio. And uh, we're all ready to go with the phones if you want to call. But on the program today, not only will I talk about the past year of not having an actual job, but uh, we've got an upside-down update for you and oh so much more, including a, a subject I talked about Fairly early on when this show returned, which was uh, Black Friday of 2018, here on thehoundmyc.com, where you can also find the Hound Howl and Crashing the Party on Sundays, Hound Howl 3 to 5, Crashing the Party 5 to 7, and then throughout the week, replays of vintage Hound shows, classic, vintage, whatever you want to call them. They're still good. It's timeless. So this show started uh, back on Black Friday of 2018, and very early on I mentioned the stupidity around measles. That measles, something we thought we eradicated in this uh, modern age in America, is now back on the rise. We have the highest number of measles cases, measles cases, in America since uh, it, it, we thought we knocked this sucker out. Which would have been uh, the year 2000. That's when the Centers for Disease Control said, Hey, we got measles. We got it. It's done. Don't have to worry about measles anymore, boy. But then... As it happens so often in life, the truly stupid took over and uh, started buying into propaganda about vaccines, vaccinations. And a number of people led that charge. One of them was Jenny McCarthy, who actually was a former co-worker of mine, believe it or not. I used to pass by her all the time. And uh, 
I mean, I, it was cordial. I was just nodded, said hello, didn't really say anything. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, how could you spread this stuff? How could you get this out there and give it such a platform? This discredited thing about autism and, and vaccinations. And like I said, I kept my thoughts to myself. It would have been inappropriate to get into that. And then the other thought I would have when I passed by her or saw her, I'd be like, oh my God, I've seen you naked. Oh my God. And it, it's a really weird thing when you've seen somebody naked who you barely know. And there they are. And I mean, Jenny McCarthy, she, she became famous because she posed for Playboy and then she was a Playmate of the Year. And then she, I think the next thing was MTV on a game show. And uh, next thing you know, she's like on The View or whatever the hell. She's doing New Year's Eve every year. She's got a show at my former employer. And um, she's out there banging this drum about how measles, the uh, measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, MMR as they call it, is somehow creating autism. And other people have, it's not just her, other people have done the same thing. They, Members of the Tea Party, for instance, just dopes, a lot of dopes. And, you know, as a member of the herd, I, I really believe in the herd immunity theory. I put my trust in scientists. <laughs> and uh, and I don't like that measles is on the rise, especially in this area. It's it's like it's not too far from here. I actually have given second thought, believe it or not, to traveling to Brooklyn and Rockland County. Now I know this is ridiculous because measles is incredibly contagious, right? There was a warning not too long ago for people who had simply passed through Newark Airport at the same time as these people with measles had passed through. And now, this recent outbreak, it's been traced to two uh, Orthodox communities, Orthodox Jewish communities, one in uh, Williamsburg, one in Rockland County, uh, people who traveled to Israel, who picked up measles there, brought it back here. This is leading to a lot of uh, difficulty and a lot of uncomfortableness because people now are going over to the other side of the street when they see uh, Orthodox Jews out walking. People are moving away from them on the subway. And not all Orthodox Jews, by the way, are anti-vaxxers. Many of them actually get the measles vaccine, the MMR vaccine. And so all these other people are being shunned who had nothing to do with this. But what are you going to do? Make them wear a, a button that says, I've been vaccinated? That's, that's bad history. That's a bad understanding of history. Telling this particular group to put a symbol on themselves. That's ridiculous. So what Mayor de Blasio has done instead is he's, he's made it mandatory. you got to vaccinate your kids. He said, and if you don't, we're going to fine you. And I read that in some places it could be as much as $2,000 a day. With the idea of being, we're going to make this really difficult for you. If you don't get this herd immunity back where it needs to be, because measles is devastating for pregnant women, for uh, infants, for the elderly, for anybody with a compromised immune system, it could lead to a swelling of the brain and death. And it's so silly that it's 2019 and we're talking about measles again because, because of dopes. And uh, I, I really... I really wish stupid people weren't dragging us down, but that seems to be what's happening. Stupid, greedy people. Dragging us down. 
I've had it. I've had it up to here. Wait a minute. Here. So the first thing I would put in the upside down update is like measles. Back with a bang, baby. Measles better than ever. Get your measles today. No, don't get your measles today. You don't really want to get measles. But if you do get measles, here's uh, some things you should look for. You think you have measles, right? You're going to get a runny nose. You might start sneezing, thereby spreading the measles. Uh, Cough, fever, low-grade fever. Then the fever picks up. And then you get outbreaks all over your face. And then you got measles. Now, I wish I had information I would share with you on what to do if you had been previously vaccinated as a kid. I know I was. I got the MMR. And I don't know if it's still good. You got two choices. You stay indoors, you die from radon gas, or you go outside and you get the measles, see? Very binary. Number here is 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. This is Aerial View. On the Hound, NYC.com. Freelancer Future is the program. I'd like to hear from you if you've been freelancing. If you haven't had a quote-unquote regular job for a while. If you're part of the gig economy. How's that going for you? It's very foreign for me. It's very foreign feeling I hope to get used to it at some point but uh, maybe I won't who knows maybe there will be a full time job in my future but I think the jobs now are going to be they're going to be short term three months four months a couple of days here and there by the way let me just finish up this measles thing Because uh, the latest is that religious leaders are telling their faithful to get the shots. They're saying, hey, come on. Let's not be dopes. Too many dopes around. 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. And, uh... What else did I have on the Upside Down update? Ugh. I really don't want to talk about the president. I, I mean, I spend too much time thinking about this douchebag. Like all of you, it's like a daily thing now. Got to confront something that he did. Deal with something he's doing. I hear during an NRA convention, he gave a speech and he pulled out of a major arms treaty during the speech and he signed some kind of order pulling out of the treaty can you believe this and the idea behind this treaty was to limit the the conventional weapons that would be sold to uh, countries that we're essentially hostile with and I Listen, this guy's a disaster. You all know that. Anyone within the sound of my voice with half a brain. If you're stupid, if you're a moron, if you're a dope, maybe you don't think so. This guy's a disaster. I don't care how well the economy's doing. I don't really care. Because you know what? He's not going to take the blame when the economy goes south. He's going to blame it on somebody else. So let's not give him credit. If the economy's doing good. I mean, people said this about Obama all the time. Despite what Obama did to crush the recession in 2008, he didn't get any credit for it. A lot of you out there gave him no credit. I'm not giving this guy any credit. Sorry. Although he is the hero of the greedy and the stupid, so... If two words ever describe Wall Street, that's it. And I speak as someone with a 401k. 
irony. Hmm. 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. But yes, a 3.2 growth rate in the first quarter beats the forecasts and offers Trump a political lift. See? Everyone keeps saying it's going to be about the economy. If the economy's doing well, he'll get reelected. You'll see. And the people out there probably secretly hoping the economy crashes. I'm not one of them because I have a 401k, see? I need to get work, see? I want to pay my bills, see? So I'm I'm not going to be hedging against the economy. I'm not going to be hoping the economy fails so he doesn't get reelected. But I will say, what does the economy have to do with him? Please. 760-422-5528-760-I-CALL-AV. They say this all the time. They. Who in the hell is they? That presidents have little to no effect on the economy. I don't know if that's true. Maybe it is. Maybe. But I I feel disinclined to be charitable in any way, shape, or form towards this person. One of the worst people I've ever encountered. They set it up. They? Who in the hell is they? (laughs) They? (laughs) Why, they is just plain and fancy they. That's who they is. <laughs> Caught you, didn't they, huh? Tied a tin can to your tail. Let you in and waltz you out again. <laughs> oh, my, what a bunch. <laughs> Big tough one, eh? <laughs> Here you are with a handful of holes, a thumb up your ass, and a big grin to pass the time of day with. <laughs> they! Who the hell is they? That's what I want to know. What else is in the Upside Down update? The FBI warning again of Russian interference in the 2020 election. Continued meddling. The FBI called it a, quote, significant counterintelligence threat, unquote. So they're moving some pieces around on their chessboard there to try to deal with it because God knows the president... Is not going to deal with it. Hasn't dealt with it. Has barely acknowledged it. Oh, God. All right, enough talking about him. Uh, let's, let's get down to brass taxes, they say. And uh, the brass tax for today's program happened to consist of... Uh, Employment and the future of employment. Uh, I hear Vice, I haven't watched it yet. I hear Vice recently did a show called The Future of Work. And in the first segment, they focused on truck drivers. It's interesting because years ago, and I mean years ago, three, four, five years ago, I was putting together these, uh, these on-air discussions called The Future of Trucking. Because I worked on the trucking channel. And the idea of these discussions was to figure out where trucking was going. And whenever we would talk about automated trucks, whenever we would talk about self-driving trucks, you know, the truck drivers, they would essentially say, nah, it's never going to happen. It'll never happen. And I'm not so sure. I think that it could happen. I think it might happen. I think uh, given enough of a financial incentive, it'll definitely happen. If people think they could save a shit ton of money, it'll happen. So I, I'm not so sanguine. Is it sanguine? Sanguine? Um, about the future of robot trucks. I, I, I think that could be a thing. And... It's not just truck drivers who will find themselves out of work. There, there will be people 
who find themselves out of work through no fault of their own. Many people. Many people. And um, you're beginning to see bits and pieces of it now. You're beginning to see bits and pieces of the robot thing happening, the automated intelligence thing happening. The the you don't really need that job so badly thing happening. So now, uh, when I was in Seattle recently, I passed by, when I came above ground out of the light rail or whatever it's called, the link, the orca, whatever they call it out there in Seattle, I came above ground right in front of a McDonald's. And I noted in the McDonald's these huge screens, big screen TV turned on its end so it was like portrait style and uh, they're not actually TVs they're they're I'm sure they're custom made displays for this purpose but on the display there was all the stuff you could order and I'm standing there trying to get my bearings I'm trying to figure out which way do I go how do I get there there's a light drizzle falling because it's Seattle and I'm observing this whole thing these people is like homeless people milling around the McDonald's and other people going into the McDonald's and um, there's a woman in there, like, it's like a greeter at Walmart, and she's directing people to this big screen set on its end, portrait style. And they go up there and they tap, tap, tap. I want this, I want that. Tap, tap, tap. Then they pay for it. They shove a card in there or they do uh, near field technology payment through their phone, zap. Boom, done. The thing spits out a receipt. And and no more counter people. You don't need people behind the counter. You don't even need registers behind the counter. Well, you need one. Because like some mope is going to show up who's not with it. Not with the latest thing. And Seattle... Your friend said to me just last night, it's it's getting to be a lot like San Francisco. You know, it's a very tech-heavy place. They roll out new things there. So this stuff will make it our way, no doubt. I mean, it may already have. I don't go into McDonald's to be able to tell you if it's here yet or not. But those jobs will go away. A lot of jobs going to go away. A lot of us going to be in the gig economy, whether we want to or not. And, you know, when I... It's tough to talk about, but when I got fired, I came home and I thought a number of things. I thought, well, I don't have to do that anymore. My first feeling may have even been one of relief because there were mornings I would put my feet on the floor. I would say, how much more do I have to do this? It wasn't it wasn't a good experience towards the end, unfortunately. I mean, I enjoyed being on the air. I enjoyed the audience. I enjoyed talking to people. I enjoyed being extemporaneous and spontaneous and using my brain to entertain people and mixing all the different elements together, the sound and the the music and myself and But there was an interpersonal conflict at the core of the thing that could not be resolved no matter what. And uh, it led to a lot of unnecessary stress. I mean, life is stressful enough as it is. A lot of stress in life. And we've learned that stress is the enemy. If we've learned anything, stress makes you sick. It leads to inflammation. The inflammation makes you sick. I mean... Who needs more stress? So, you know, I, I years ago, I thought, oh, I'm going to start meditating. I, I still try occasionally. I just haven't really nailed it yet. And I know people it helps, and they swear by it. And I know people who do yoga, and they swear by that. Uh, maybe this is what I do. I come on here and I do this. Maybe this is my stress relief. Because I get to say things that 
I would like people to hear. And let's face it, we all want to be heard, right? You could be heard right now. Call the show, 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. I want to hear about your freelancing and your gig economy work, whatever that might be. The last time you had a quote-unquote real job, my last real job, it's going to be a year now. Job I held full-time since 2006, part-time since 2002. And it was a job that came with a certain amount of prestige. I got to meet a lot of famous people and talk to famous people and feel for a moment like they actually knew who the hell I was and cared. And of course they didn't. I got a lot of pictures and I even have some air checks of it all. But moving on has not been an easy process. There are times when I I go into the past. I want to try to understand it. I want to figure out what happened. I was feeling bad about this, by the way, because I was talking to my doctor recently, and my doctor was consulting with me and said, the, really, the thing is, the past is the past, and you can't do anything about the past. You can only move forward. So the question you have to ask yourself is, Where do you want to go from here? And I thought, oh, you know, that's wise. I like that idea. Why delve into the past? Why try to figure out what happened? What's it going to help? Uh, And, you know, and then I read something today about how it's good to go into the past. It's good to know how you reacted to things in the past, because that'll help you determine why you're reacting the way you are now. And then it's good to know what was going on in your life. It's good to know about how you were feeling about a particular thing when it went down. So with that in mind, I have found my journal from last year. And uh, I started writing every day after my job loss. What, what I don't know what else to call it <laughs> after I got canned. Let's see. Here it is. Wait, that's day 25. Here we go. So here's what's interesting. In my journal, I use this app called Day One. Uh, and... I think the day before I was canned, I I took the quote that they they stuck up there when you open a journal and I pasted it into my journal entry and it's this, quote, most folks are about as happy as they make up their minds to be, unquote. Abe Lincoln. So there you go. So let's go back to, what's today? Today is the 26th. This would be the 27th. Actually, it's the 28th. I don't even think I wrote anything on the 27th. And this is what I had to say. Lost my job yesterday around 2.15 p.m. Was supposed to meet with Blank, but on the way to the conference room, he explained that Blank from HR would be joining, and Blank would also be on the phone. He lowered the boom quickly and efficiently, explaining that after four months of retooling, the company had decided to go in a different direction with the time slot, and there was nowhere else to put us. He said something like, quote, We're severing our connection with you, unquote. Just like that, I was out of my job. Twelve years and a month. Goodbye. I made a point of letting blank and blank and blank know that I would be more than happy to executive produce the channel since I know all the players in the industry and I can work in front of or behind the mic. I'm glad I did that. They all thanked me for handling it like a pro. Hmm. 
Then I concluded like this. Things could not go on as they were. It was taking its toll on me. On to other things, better things. I will take a few days to breathe, then figure out the next move. Now, I did a lot more writing in the year since. Uh, a lot of which ended up in my newsletter, by the way. So if you want the newsletter, just go to my Facebook page for the show, facebook.com slash call aerial view and message me or let me know somehow you'd like to sign up for the newsletter and I'll sign you up for the newsletter because uh, a lot of what goes in the newsletter comes out of this journal. It started there first. And I believe, and I hate this word. Here's another one. Put it on my list of words I hate. Journaling. I believe in journaling, writing shit down. Writing in your diary. You can go back. I mean, the one I have right now dates back to 2013. Uh, But I got ones going way further back than that. Going back years and years and years. Someday I will sit down and read them. Maybe it'll help me ward off dementia or the Alzheimer's. By the way, very sad to hear that one of my all-time favorite writers, David Milch, the man behind Deadwood, is uh, now diagnosed as having Alzheimer's. Um, really a bummer. Deadwood, for me, was appointment television. When you had regular old uh, HBO and I didn't DVR anything and I couldn't stream it on demand, I would make sure it's Sunday night, 9 p.m. I was in the front room of my apartment on Adams Street in Hoboken and uh, I had a beer or two and something from the pizzeria on a corner. And I was going to be alone, all alone with Deadwood. And get into that world. And David Milch himself said, it's not a Western. It's not really a Western. It's an Eastern. It's a show about the coming of law and civilization to an unlawful, uncivilized place. And the process of how that how that happens. And uh, with language that was often profane, but also hilarious, I found it to be one of the more moving things I've ever seen on television. Just deeply felt and, and incredibly written, beautifully acted. And uh, there were episodes of Deadwood that I still think about. Uh, the fight between Dan Doherty and uh, George Hurst's henchman, for instance. The best fight scene ever staged on television. I've told W. Earl Brown, who played Dan Doherty, that himself. Just an amazing fight scene. Seek it out. The episode where the uh, Bullock child, they have a funeral for the Bullock child. Spoiler And the whores want to go to the funeral? Oh my God, what a great episode. I mean, almost every episode, I would say every episode of Deadwood, just amazing. And the news, of course, if you're a Deadwood fan, you know that the movie, the Deadwood movie is going to be out. I believe it's May 31st. The trailer is online now and all over from the Rolling Stone magazine to... You name it, they are talking about this movie because, I mean, for many years, no one thought it was going to actually happen. And then 10 years later, boom, there you go. But I digress just because I'm a Deadwood fan. But actors understand the gig economy. They understand the freelance life. I mean, even someone like W. Earl Brown has had times in his life when there may not have been any work. Other times when he was waiting to hear, you know, you work on a movie for four months, five months, and then it's over and you have to find the next job. You do the next thing. So you're always 
seeking the next job. I'm not used to that, I'll admit it. It hasn't been part of my experience. So losing my job a year ago, it was uh, a blow. And there were times, man, there were days when I just didn't want to get out of bed. When I felt like I had completely lost my identity. Because my identity was all caught up with what I did. Days when I questioned whether I was obsolete or not. What kind of future I was going to have. There may still be such days, by the way. I'm not saying there won't be. You probably go through similar things. I don't think I'm alone in this. In other words. But then work would start trickling in. Friends who I never expected would ever reach out with work were reaching out with work. Things started to click at some point. Yes, this, I had a severance. The severance was great. I'm very happy for the severance. And uh, there was some unemployment as well. But now I am a freelancer. I am a member of the gig economy. And um, I don't care who tries to paint that as a good thing. I, I don't think it's a good thing, ultimately. I think people should have actual jobs with actual pay. And I think, I think two things at once. I think this. I think, yes, I know people who are happy to freelance, believe it or not. They say that it allows them a lot of flexibility in their schedule. They can say no to things. And they like it like that. There may be an issue with health care, but they'll deal with that as well. But I think what's happening now is that a lot of jobs that would have ordinarily been quote-unquote regular jobs, you know, 40 hours a week, health care, benefits, days off. These employers are figuring out they don't have to do that anymore. Why do we? Why would we do that? We'll just say that this is a six-month position. It's a four-month position. It's a three-month position. And then we don't have to pay any of that stuff. We'll just give you a chunk of cash. Hell... We're all going to be doing it, friends. They'll figure out a way. Don't you worry. The number here is 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. Matter of fact, me, myself, I picked up one of these jobs recently. And I'm grateful for it. There's no doubt. Admittedly, I'd like to be hired full-time, but who knows? Who knows what this will lead to? I have tried to do that thing where I say yes to stuff instead of no. So the other thing I did is I went and became a uh, quiz master for this this company that administers quizzes at uh, local bars. Not just local. I don't mean local bars like here, but you know, all over the country at your local bar is what I mean to say. You go down there and you partake in uh, eight rounds of quizzes, quizzes. And so I became a quiz master. I had my first outing on, on uh, Wednesday night. Chaperoned outing, but went and read some quiz questions out loud. To a bunch of uh, people in a pub. And uh, listen, this isn't something I can't do. This is well within my capabilities. But again, it's this case of how much are you going to pay me to do this? What? <laughs> by the time I sat down and I thought about it, by the time I fit, you know, do all the work required, which is getting to the venue and setting up the gear and 
announcing the whole thing and and doing all the scoring and then going home and writing a blog about it and all this other stuff. I don't know if it would amount to $12 an hour. And, uh, I mean, that may be great, but it don't, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. You're giving up an evening, see, giving up an evening to go out to a bar and then you're tempted to drink, eat bar food. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking myself out of it right in front of you. Sorry. I don't mean to do that. We only have about 13 minutes left in the program, so. If anybody out there wants to give us a call, 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. So, you know, one of the things I want to do tonight is talk about the things I've learned in the past year. Uh, being without a regular gig. Oh, wait a minute. See, I don't even mean to say that. A regular job. I have regular gigs. That's different. I mean a regular job in the past year. What have I learned? Let's see. What have I learned? What have I learned? Hmm. I've learned that the jobs that I've gotten have come from personal recommendation more than anything else. I've picked up some work here and there from a job list that I joined, a mailing list. And uh, that's cool, but the bulk of what I've acquired has come through personal recommendations. People I actually know. And I guess that aligns with the reading I've done about how people find work. I mean, that's isn't that what LinkedIn is all about? LinkedIn. You go and uh, you, you link with a bunch of people that you know, and then you hope, you hope they'll find your work when you get shit-canned, see? I, I haven't had much luck on there, I'll be honest. I still don't know how to work that whole thing. So I go on there every once in a while. Whenever they say they have a notification, then it's always some bogus reason why I'm being notified. But that's the idea behind it. But my advice to you would be, and you didn't ask for this, you know, work your friends, let them know, reach out, tell them you're looking for work. Send them a resume. Couldn't hurt. Might help. Who knows? It's one of the lessons I learned. The other lesson I learned is something I touched on a moment ago. You don't know who's going to emerge from the woodwork to help you out or to at least listen to you when you're going through tough times. You don't know who's going to recede into the woodwork either. You might be surprised. Friends I thought would be there during this difficult time have kind of disappeared. Uh, that's to say nothing about former co-workers. Uh, there's one that I still talk to, and he actually still calls me. And I would venture to say that we became friends when we worked together. And that's cool. But most of the other ones, if I mean, if I wasn't calling them, I would never hear from them. And I think... That also aligns with the reading I've done on the subject. And somebody out there, I'm sure, has really has written a great book about coworkers, which I would like to read because I'm fascinated by the concept. And maybe the concept is going away because of the gig economy. Maybe <laughs> there's no such thing as coworkers anymore. Who knows? But, you know, coworkers, you make these strong bonds with. You see them every day. You might see them more than you see other people, your own friends. And then, when things end, are you really friends? Did you really become friends with them? Who the hell knows? 
That's the other lesson I learned. I learned, too, that if we had had kids, I would be in far more of a panic. Believe me. Or maybe the kids would have been grown by now. Who knows? But no, wait a minute. I met my wife in 2005. So we'd have like a bratty 14-year-old on our hands. I'm sure. Just talking about going to Stanford. Stanford? What? Are you crazy? But I've always wanted to go to Stanford. So I learned that it could be worse. It could always be worse. I, I hate that phrase. Add that to the f- list of phrases and words I can't stand. It could be worse. Somebody always says that to you when you're like in the depths of your annoyance about something, your depths of your bad feelings about something. They try to cheer you up with that one. Could always be worse, you know. Shut up. Just shut up. Could always could always be worse. <laughs> I knew a guy. Shut up. Why don't you shut up? Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! Shut up. Shut up. Shut up or I'll throw you out. Shut up, you son of a bitch. Shut up and drive faster! So just shut the fuck up and sit down. Will you shut the fuck up? Shut the fuck up! Stupid! Shut up! Shut up! Shut the fuck up! Shut up! You shut oh, up! Oh, shut up yourself! Shut up! 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 I got to go off the air soon anyway. We got about six minutes left in the program. If you want to call the show, it's 760 I call AV, 760 422 5528. That number is in beautiful Palm Springs. Ah, yes. Went to Palm Springs years ago. I enjoyed it. I I could roll into that lifestyle. Get myself a really nice golf cart. Drive around. Have a little place with a pool out back. Go and get really tan. Golf I probably wouldn't do. I couldn't go that far. I'm ready for something like that. No more snow. I probably would sit there in my backyard on my chaise lounge by my pool feeling bad because Palm Springs is like completely artificial, you know, result of irrigation of the desert. I mean, all around Palm Springs is just desert. I probably would figure out a way to to think about that. trying to come up with other lessons, life lessons from the last year without a job. Let's see. You know, when you are focusing on finding a way to keep the bills paid, it's hard to focus on anything else. You may want to focus on the world at large. You may want to focus on the future of democracy, threats to the Constitution, all manner of other larger issues, climate change, you name it. But you're scrambling. You're scrambling to keep the wolf from the door. Got to keep that old wolf from the door. And so that's what's on your mind. That's more of a coyote from the door. Do you even care? I guess. 
760-422-5528-760-I call AV. Don't forget this show replays on uh, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. here on thehoundnyc.com. And then uh, it becomes a podcast. Wherever you get podcasts, you can find it. And just search for Aerial View. And there it will be. And the Facebook page is facebook.com slash call Aerial View. That phone number works anytime. Anytime you want to call, you can leave a message and I'll play it here on the air. How's that strike you? And, uh... Don't forget the Hound Howl on Sundays, 3 to 5, and then 5 to 7, Mark and Miriam with the doo-wop chop shop of the air, crashing the party. Let me get one more lesson, life lesson in. Oh yeah, I learned it's really important to have the right partner in life. I was never more glad that Sweet Tea and I met and we got married as I have been this last year because uh, it couldn't have been easy for her to go through all of this with me and you know somebody who's kind and loving and supportive and says that it's going to be okay. There's nothing, there's nothing equivalent to that that I know of. Also, good to get yourself a therapy animal. Although I think I'm Roger's therapy animal. Roger the cat engineer. I don't think he's mine. So, there you go. I'll wrap it up. Leave them wanting more. See? No more life lessons from me. Stay here. The hound will return momentarily. I'm working on a dream I'm working